Welcome to the Friends of First Worship podcast. Well, we're continuing the conversation today on uh, Friends of First Worship podcast with Mike Harlan. Mike. Hello, Brother John. Good to again. see you again. Yep. Glad um, to be here. I, I want to say this as we continue this conversation of in for the long haul mm-hmm. and how to create um, a consistency and um, a pacing, I think is maybe even the right yep. word, too, um, to continue on to the very end strong. Um, and being faithful. So I appreciate your wisdom on this today. But I want to, before we jump into and continue that conversation, I want to mention two things that I appreciate about you. One, you have your podcast that is extremely wonderful. I enjoy it myself, the Worship Life Podcast with Mike Harlan. Mm -hmm. So, man, as a listener, you got to check that out. You've been doing that. There's over well Uh, over 100 and something episodes. Yeah, six or seven years, and and we're kind of, as a matter of fact, it's picking, worshiplife.com is the website where our blog lives and this podcast lives, and all the information about our events is there too. So worshiplife.com is a great place to just find a bunch of stuff. And I'm not the only voice there. There are other voices that we bring over there. As a matter of fact, John Boland's voice will be there. We want to link back to your podcast. Too. I love it. I love it. So I would like to say you have not you have not asked me to be on your podcast yet. So I just You've want you to No, I'm you hurt. have. I'm hurt. No, you have I have been not. On, no, I, I remember. No, you don't. <laughs> that's, what, that's the first thing to go in your memory. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm positive you've been on Oh, I'm podcast. totally playing. I have not. I'm but but someday we got to do it. That would be fun. That would I would appreciate. It. I'm gonna find it. That, yeah, okay. we have recorded a find kiss. it. If you find yeah, it, I'll, I'm gonna find it. I'll buy you coffee because I, I promise to, you, you won't and, find it. And when I listen to this, I'm gonna I'm gonna find out if you edited this out or not. <laughs> uh, but anyway, no man, we're so, real here, man. So worshiplife.com, uh, but um, we're about to increase the velocity of our podcast. We're about to because we're adding more and more guests. Maybe you'll have a shot. Yeah, there you go. Finally, <laughs> I've reached it. Yeah, you've reached it. Uh, we haven't had many guests so far, but we're about to, we're adding, we're ramping up guests. Hmm. And uh, and so we're going to, I think we're going to go sometime in the future to two a week so that the first one will be wow. me and Brian Incredible. Brown who co-hosted. And then the second one will be a uh, a guess, maybe a John Boland. I don't know. We're, we need to audition. Just keep me in mind. I'm, I'm on the B team, man. We just need to audition. If somebody you. falls through and you and they yeah, cancel, last minute, just we call, call, call me in. I'll, I'll like take that. care yep, of it. Yep. And then congratulations on your new book, Worship yeah. Essentials. I love the tagline: "Growing a healthy worship ministry without starting a war." Yeah, and and, <laughs> and you actually think that's possible? Well, I do, and and the reason is I've been a part of a few of those skirmishes through sure. the years, and. It just doesn't have to be, and it, the key to that is just finding values that transcend style, that you preach, 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 model, model, pursue with all your heart. Uh, that that book really grew out of my experiences with Dr. Rayner on his podcast, which is listened to by probably more pastors than any other single podcast, and he began to, he discovered through a few podcasts I did with him that pastors really wanted to talk about this, and so he, he's the one that encouraged me to do it. He said, man, we got to get some of this in a book and that will help pastors. And, and so, uh, but I'm learning every day. Churches are using it. I'm, I'm hearing about worship teams going through the book together and all that stuff. So I'm really, really grateful. Well, I would just say it's extremely practical. So well, I appreciate that. That's all I got. It, it is like sitting down. <laughs> well, it's like sitting down and kind of just hearing your heart. It's like having coffee with you. So, yeah. man, I appreciate just even that tone. Yeah. throughout the book, and I, man, it's I really, appreciate really congratulations for that. Well, in the conversation we have of this staying in for the long haul, I'd love to turn it a little bit in this podcast to 
um, let's say the, the the minister that's been in ministry for 15, 20 years, could be more, could be less, depending. But, you know, I hear now the average age of, of the minister of music or the worship pastor, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call, that needs to change ministries is now somewhere between 42 and 45. I mean, yeah, it's like it's getting younger and younger and younger for many reasons, and that's not, we won't go into that for, for today. But the point of it is, is there's many people out there that are looking for what do I do for maybe the, I want to, it's not the last season, it's just the next season yeah. um, in ministry. And how do I stay faithful with a calling that I feel like God's given me in, for the long haul to connect yeah. it back to our, to our subject? Well, here, here's, if you're in that, in that 40, 45, um, it, boy, if you're not already, already doing this, it's time. Um, I'd even say, John, it, and you need to be doing this, and I think you are. I'm not, I know you are. But you need to be looking for what, how much ministry you can give away. Hmm. Um, and who are the people around you that you can begin to... It's not that you're giving it away because you're not going to be involved in it. But who are you raising up to take bits and pieces and parts of this? Um, and it's as practical as... You may be a gifted singer, you're a great worship leader... And most Sundays, almost every Sunday, you are the person leading everything. What I'm talking about is this guy leads that song, and you step back, and you're part of the vocal team. Or a Sunday when you're at the soundboard, and somebody else leads the whole thing. Or uh, the Sunday you're leading congregational music, and the, and the college kid that it, that's coming right behind you is leading the choir that day. Um, I think it's, and this, this promotes longevity in ministry big time if you will be strategic in what parts of what you do every day that's not 100% dependent on you. And you're finding ways to give other people parts of what you lead. You're not, you're not acquiescing in your leadership. You're still the leader. You're still, and you're giving direction. And, and it's not always, I'm not talking about, I won't lead choir anymore. I'm talking about a variety of ways to do this, uh, and week to week it can look different every week. But um, I think what happens in our young performance years when our flower is blooming, uh, we sing it all, we lead it all, we do it all. If we walked out the door, everybody noticed we weren't there. Because we've believed the lie, probably, that we're the best and nobody can yeah. do it as as yeah. well as we can, which it might be true in some ways. In, in a lot of ways, it is true. Uh but and 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 the, how do you give things away? Well, the number one on that list is uh, be ready to accept it being different than what you would do. Mm. Uh, you've got to accept that right off the bat. And you might even number two quickly have to be ready to accept that it won't be quite as good as it would would be if you did it. And I've learned uh, that if you th- think of it less as delegating, mm-hmm. because sometimes if we use that, even we use that term. It's a more of a business term. It's like yeah. I'm giving something. I'm 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 getting something off my plate. Right. But I see it as an investing. Yes. In someone, then all of a sudden, now you're multiplying yourself. That's what you're doing. Not just getting stuff off your plate. I love the word investing, and 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 the picture. What you just said really helps helps this be even be clear. It. I am not talking about getting things off your plate. This is on your plate. Yeah. It doesn't leave your plate. You still have a responsibility. You're the under-shepherd in the music area of that church. You can't get it off your plate. And if that's what you're doing, that, that's not investing. That's just being lazy, probably, you know, or, or you're, you're beginning to coast, maybe. And that's not a healthy thing either. 
Uh, and that, by the way, wouldn't promote longevity at all. <laughs> uh, if you start coasting and, and it's all about getting it off of you, uh, then it that may actually have the other effect. But if you can learn how to invest with opportunity and development of other people around you and share ministry, that's, that's a word I like to use, share it. Um, it, it will promote longevity in your ministry. And the reason is you become then a, an investor, like to use your word you just did, a, and a necessary part of the future. See, when you're giving it away, you become part of the future. The, you're, you become dispensable when you're no longer part of the future. Yep. And, you, you, and to yeah. continue that, I think that's where a lot of men and women find themselves in that place when they go, Man, now it's the same thing as as an actual monetary investment. There's going to come a day when you're going to see, did I invest or did I not? And that day really comes to the minister in a way of when you look around one day and there's nobody left but you, and you built it on your personality, you built yeah. it only on your gifts and your performance skill. and your performance. And and what is it that you do? And who is it around you? And by the way, oh man, I get chill bumps when I think about this. If you become known, if you'll practice this you'll have people come out of the woodwork to be part of what you're doing because they know you'll invest in them. But if you're the Lone Ranger and it's your show, uh, you won't have any talent around you because you don't know what to do with it. But if you, if you learn how to share, I'm telling you, if you'll learn how to share your ministry, God will send them by the dozen to be developed by you. Yeah. Uh, and, and what a, I mean, what a healthy thing to do. Is, and it promotes longevity. That guy that's 60 years old, you know why the church can't afford for him to retire? Is because he's developing leaders, and they've seen it over and over and over again. We can't lose that guy because he's developing the next generation of leaders for our church. Mm -hmm. I, man, I've got so many examples of this in my mind. I think about, I'll call one of them out. I think about a guy like Ron Lamb, who's at Estruma Baptist Church in Baton Rouge. Now, Ron is, I'm not going to tell you how old Ron is, but he's old. <laughs> they won't let him retire. He's retired four times. And, and he stays retired just long enough for one big fishing trip, and then they get another reason to get him back on the staff. And the reason is because he pours into the next generation. And, and they realize that's a conduit for leadership there that we can't replace. we got to keep that guy around. Mm, that's and that's the longevity <laughs> in ministry. Here it is, more succinctly said. You, you enable longevity to be true when your ministry is part of the future of that church, mm. when it is not just what you're doing right now in the present, but there's an aspect of your ministry that is future. That's good. And, and it's never more on display than when you're investing in next generations. Fantastic. So, yeah. man, invest in those that are coming around you and Absolutely. behind you. Mm -hmm. both, both are true. What else, Set brother? them up to win. Well, here's the last one. I had four of these, and we're at number four is you've got to develop some personal disciplines in your life that will enable you to run for the long run. Uh, and there are personal disciplines here that, yeah, and you're the only one. There's no seminar to go to to get this. <laughs> you know, there's no uh, 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 vaccination available at the local associational office. Go by and get your, <laughs> get your longevity vaccination. It's not there. It's going to be some personal disciplines in your life. And those disciplines, none of them are shocking to hear us be reminded of but there's a discipline and a rhythm in your life around bible study around prayer around personal worship around healthy relationships and interconnectivity with other disciples around sharing your faith around stewardship around discipline don whitney's book 
spiritual disciplines is you just take each chapter of that book and just read each chapter uh, or Oswald Sanders' book, Spiritual Leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to develop some personal disciplines in your life where you are pouring into your life, where you have a discipline of listening. And, and by the way, this, there are layers to this even. You've got spiritual disciplines. If you're going to be a long-haul music guy, there's some musical disciplines you got to have in your life. Right. Um, think about your instrument right now, whether it's a vocal instrument or piano or guitar or whatever instrument that, that's been in your hands, and ask yourself this question. Am I better on that instrument today than I was five years ago? Am I better and on be that? be honest. I know, and be honest with that. Yeah. Am I better than I was five weeks ago? Um, boy, that's convicting even for me when I say you it. Bet. Um, so some personal disciplines spiritually, personal dis- disciplines around your skill that you're just always learning. Here's, here's a weakness for me that, I've, that I have to work at to overcome. I overcome it to a degree, um, but I have to work at this. Personal disciplines around, around uh, technology. Right. Uh, staying up to speed because technology is such a part of what churches are doing in worship as we stream our services and as we're, we're doing you know, more complex things musically that require different kinds of things. And there, I know guys that just draw a line in the sand and says, I'm not ever going to learn that. I don't care anything about that. We're not going to do stems. We're not going to do any area. You know, and draw a line and say, I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying every church ought to do everything technologically. It's one reason, it's one thing for your church to say, we don't need to do that, we're not going to. It's another thing entirely for the leader to say, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to learn how. Um, That's right. uh, that guy that says, oh, I can't, do, I can't do modern or, you know, more of a current worship style because I, I don't really know how to lead a rhythm section. Learn how. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, you, you... There's many opportunities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean... Uh, at and all, you try man. to do that even at your conferences. Well, worship really life, try. Yeah, worship life event at Riverside, which will be there in a few weeks, and you'll be there. And then worship life in Gatlinburg, you'll be there. Your team will be there. Th- those what those events are all about, and not just those two big ones, but but every day that's what Lifeway Worship exists to do is to help churches. I had a guy that I, I'm glad I thought of this. I had a guy that called me um, about two weeks ago. He he reached out to me. Uh, on Facebook, which I don't ever recommend people do because I don't look at Facebook all the time, and, and you might be there three weeks and, th- and think, Mike Harlan doesn't care about me. He said all that personal stuff. He doesn't believe all that. I reached out to him. He hadn't answered my <laughs> message. Well, I, don't, I don't work on Facebook. you know. So yeah. uh, people can write me or call me. I'm easy to find, and I want to be easy to find. But uh, this guy reached out to me and said, hey, write me at the office. He did. We set up a phone appointment. I had an hour-long conversation, and I want to tell you about this guy. He's He's I think he's like 68 or 70 years old. He was a minister of music years ago. He, he as a lay person, he had never led it uh, uh, vocationally, but he had been involved. He's a singer. He had a professional career as, a, I think, an insurance agent, something like that, and five years ago retired from that and just started attending a new church. Well, that church lost their minister of music, couldn't find one, couldn't afford to do a search and all that stuff, and then he just kind of stepped into it. Well, now he's, he's loving it. and he's, so, so think about a guy that 30 years ago was leading John W. Peterson cantatas at Christmas as a layperson. But he's taken like 30 years off. And now he's come into a church plant that's doing modern music. And he, but he's the most capable musician they have. And he called me and said, okay, tell me what a stem mix is. <laughs> that's awesome. 
Tell me. What, Truly, I yeah. go bravo. Oh, I I'm know. Like, it's awesome. And, uh, or tell me, because my guys in my band are telling me, when, all right, so well, tell me about your band. What we're doing. And he starts throwing out terms and stuff. And, I'm, and, and, he's, and he's not resisting anything. He's ramping up yep. to lead uh, this church as a 68-year-old. That And you know what? Amen. I want to be that guy. Yep. I want to be that guy. And, and, but I'm telling you, John, I've, I've heard guys say, man, I'm not going to do all that stuff. And if you keep drilling down, it's not because they don't like the songs, don't see the value in the songs. It's because they can't do it, and they're unwilling to learn how. That's right. And, and I'm telling and you. And to put themselves in a vulnerable position to actually show, you know what, I'm, this is not a strength of mine. Yeah. And to maybe look uh, absolutely dumb in that moment, you know, and try to actually, but actually, it's the exact opposite. When you bring down, say, I'm going to learn, yep. I'm going to keep growing, I'm going to take this thing, and I want it to be a strength of mine. I'm going to turn a weakness into strength. Yep. People see that yep. and they flock to that. Yep. All right, so so your church, maybe you've got some instrumentalists sitting around your church, and you know they used to have an orchestra, but they haven't had one since you've been there, because you didn't know what to do with an orchestra. And you got some trumpet players sitting out there. Why not? Why not learn how? And and it's not rocket science. I mean, I hate to bust our little bubble here. Uh, in some respects, the ministry of music's like the little man in Wizard of Oz. We're behind the curtain, and it's really simpler than people think it is. Yeah. It uh, can be. That's awesome. Uh, I've never heard. I've never heard those two things exactly. brought together. We're the Wizard man, of that Oz. Makes, that yeah. makes so much yeah. sense. It's it's not rocket science. And why it has not? smoke and everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. We've got haze. Thanks. We've got all this. And colored and, lights. And, and here's one that might hit a few more people. Um, it's one thing to say, you know, we, our, it's just not our facility doesn't really, we don't have a way to do choir uh, because we meet in a movie theater or, you know, whatever. We do, you know, or, or choir's not our thing. It's one thing for that to be a, a DNA thing. It's another thing for a church not to have a choir because the leader won't learn how to do one. Hmm. That's, that's do you something. You see that, that a lot, Mike? Are oh, you oh yeah. That a lot? Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of times a church plant, you, if you talk to the pastor, if you had him over in the corner and said, Pastor, would you want a choir if you could? Oh, I'd love to have a choir. But our, our guy just doesn't, he doesn't know what to do with a choir. Mm -hmm. And I want to say to that guy, man, you can learn how. And, and it's, you can do what, you can do something. And so I'm saying that the personal disciplines part of the last, this part of the journey is the spiritual personal disciplines you've got to put in place, understanding and accepting the fact that you're going to ebb and flow. You're going to have seasons where it's clicking. You're going to have seasons where it's not. But you've always got to come back to that place of as aspiring to have some personal disciplines in your life around Bible study and prayer and personal worship and stewardship and witnessing and all those things. And then uh, uh, personal disciplines around the, the development of your craft and your skill set. And you're always learning. And you're always, not just musically, but leadership-wise and, and organizationally and all those ways. I mean, I want to learn. I want to continue to grow and develop. And you know what? If you're in a situation where you don't have to learn anything new to do what you're doing, that may be one sign you need to go somewhere else. Mm. Right there, the fact that you don't, you don't even, you're it's not too even, comfortable. Yeah, you're not even challenged anymore, because we are not. We were built to climb. I heard somebody say it that way. I'm still quoting this That's person. Good. We were built to climb, and it, and if we're not climbing, then we're we're descending, and we're actually signaling the end. When we stop climbing is when we stop um, stop moving into the future. Wow. And maybe it is time for us to do something else. But as long as you're there and in that spot, 
man, model that for the people that you lead and the people that watch your ministry. You're a climber. You're, you're always learning. You're always developing. You're getting better at it. You're learning skills. You're, and, it may, you don't, and you don't have to like everything. You don't, everything doesn't have to, you don't have to like everything. How silly is that? Yeah. Uh, I don't like every dress my wife wears, but she doesn't know that. <laughs> anyway, maybe edit wow, that part out. I just got real. Yeah, maybe edit that it part just, out. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I'm just saying that that uh, if you want to be in it a long haul, uh, develop some personal disciplines around your own development, spiritually and otherwise. Good. So just to recap, our cue, man. Relationship quotient. Man, be a good teammate, number be two. Be a great teammate. Do you be a disciple maker, Yeah. right? Yes. Build people around you, man. Lift them up. Mm-hmm. Not delegate, not, not a delegation, but a, an investment mm-hmm. in people. And then the, dis, the disciplines, personal disciplines mm-hmm. in your life. So mm-hmm. good, Mike. I'd love to ask this last question. Mm-hmm. I'm putting you on the spot here, okay, of all my all okay. my guests. Give us a tool or a resource that you're loving in your life or ministry right wow. now. Could be anything. Could be an app. Could be. I, I, I will say I had Prince's Chicken last night in Nashville. Wow. I mean, so I heard, you got I heard, the app now. I heard this was like Nashville. And I, I, I got the mild chicken, and so a I just want you to know, I it was I tool. still filled up on the water quite a few times on that on that Nashville chicken. So Prince's, you got to check it out. But tool or resource? Well, I've got to ask the question before I answer that question. All right, so you did the hot chicken thing. All right, so as if, hot as if it's one, hot, it's mild. If, if one is their mildest and five is their strongest, where so where did you land? That's what I'm saying. I got the mild. You got the. Yeah, you yeah. were at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I didn't. The guys we were we were tracking yesterday, and John, who is the drummer, he 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 says he's a be careful man, you know, because if you go, I mean, he goes, it's we're talking hot chicken, yeah. you know. So he told me he said I wouldn't go over bug like medium, and so then that like scared me, and so I got yeah. so I got the mild. So my okay. son, my oldest son Lee, actually gets that. That inferno, the fifth one, like like all the way. Oh my goodness! He will he will go. And Prince is in the only one here. They're hot chicken. Yeah, places hot chicken everywhere. is like a staple. But wherever there. he goes, he's going to go at least to number four. And he's done the number five before. And here's what he did. I can't even say this, but he doesn't pay that price until later. He while he's eating it, it's okay. But the next morning, it's not that fun, you know, because it, it. I'm just gradually tears him working up. my it my way up. up. Okay. So. And my question is why? <laughs> just just why? Just just you know. Anyway, tool. I, I I'm gonna. I could. I could probably talk about two or three things, but um, I use a tool. Um, in my personal Bible study that I'm a huge fan of right now. I am reading the Bible this year in the uh, chronological study Bible that came from CSB. I've never done this before. A lot of people have read a chronological Bible before. A chronological Bible, the format that I'm reading in, is where the Scripture is organized according to a calendar. So, And I started, by the way, in January, I started in the New Testament. I decided I'd just start in the New Testament. And I am at the end of the book of Acts now. But for the first time in my life, I actually studied the four Gospels side by side um, in mm. the chronology of the events of it, how the four Gospels line up like you're reading it. Very cool. And, of course, the three of the Gospels are synoptic, and one of them, the outliers, John, which is not synoptic. Right. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke look at the same stories, almost exactly the same stories. There's three or four exceptions where this guy mentions that and the other one doesn't. But to look at the, the same stories of the life of Christ 
in in the three different lenses. And then, of course, John is the outlier. He, he kind of had his own way of telling the story. There are many of the stories that are in all four. And to watch, read those, the chronology of what Jesus did through the four different lenses. And now I'm in the book of Acts. And it, what another thing that would come into the chron- chronological Bible is the editor, uh, George Guthrie, brilliant theologian. He would bring in Psalms mm. that were... Um, like Jesus was in the synagogue and he was teaching, well, this would have been the psalm uh, that would have been associated with the particular time of year it was and all that. And, and even as he, Jesus quoted the psalms a lot. So he, in the chronological reading, it would have Jesus teaching and the psalm he was teaching from there too. And uh, it, it's been an amazing Very tool cool. for me. And Pages in, my wife Paige is actually doing the chronological Bible for the first time. And she, it's, she would tell you, it's just really opened up her yeah. mind to actually how this whole thing fits yeah, together, it, you know? Yeah, you do and get that. she is loving it. Yeah. And so I'm, I need to get into That's a good yeah. word. It, 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 it is. And it, it, it's kind of like the story of the Bible in, in a movie. Yeah. Uh, the flow of thought chronologically is pretty fascinating. Man, it's so good. So I'd say that one. Mike, you're an inspiration to, you, to me personally. I'm proud to call you friend, mm. and thanks for all your, your work and your ministry, and we continue to pray, man, for you and all that God's doing through Lifeway Thank and you, through, through your uh, many, many areas I of I have to say, before you sign off totally, we love what we do with Houston's First. I mean, good grief. The impact of the things that you guys are creating and how God's taken the worship experiences of that church, and it is a privilege for Lifeway to come alongside what you guys are doing every every week at Houston's First and give that uh, legs and opportunity for churches all over uh, to be blessed and to use those same resources. And we hear it over and over and over again how the Houston's First resources are connecting with churches everywhere. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on the Friends of First Worship podcast. If you're new to us, we invite you to take a minute to subscribe. If you enjoyed today's episode and felt like the content was useful to you, feel free to share it on your social media platforms. Lastly, don't forget to check us out on Facebook or online at firstworship.com. And if you have any questions for our teams, feel free to submit those to questions at firstworship.com. See you next time on the Friends of First Worship podcast.